Hello, and welcome to episode number 80 of Future Chat. We made it to another round numbered milestone. Uh, every week on the show, Mike and I uh, take an hour or so to discuss all the week's most interesting science and tech news. And Nick is once again not here today. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. It's been, uh, I was saying yesterday felt like Sunday for some reason. I don't know why. It, so It kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know. Maybe it's just that time of year, you know, it's kind of dreary and cold and at least here it is. So just weekends drag on a little bit, I think. But I mean, if Saturday feels like Sunday, that means you get a bonus day. That's true. That, that's what Maria was saying. So yeah. I guess, yeah, it works out. For me, Friday, I mean, at least Friday afternoon was kind of a write-off. It felt like a weekend to me because I had, for for people that don't follow my life, which probably is 99.999% of the world, uh, I'm, I have not I'd been working. I'd say even more, but. It, well, yeah. <laughs> How many nines do I have time to say? Uh, I've not been working since mid-October of this year. So I'm looking for a job and I wrote an exam on Friday morning. And then once that was finished at around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I went to go and get my passport renewed because that's just a thing that adults have to do. And uh, so I kind of took a little field trip on the bus and it was really rainy, but that that really, really felt like a Saturday type of thing to do. And uh, so yeah, I, I completely agree with that sentiment. Yesterday definitely seemed like a Sunday and now we have we have a, it's, uh, we have an extra bonus day and also the Grey Cup is tonight, which is pretty exciting. Although go. not nearly as exciting for you as it could be if, uh, if the Stamps had won last week. That's true. But I like the fact that Henry Burris is the quarterback it's true. and they're not playing the Stamps. So then I don't have to choose sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm intrigued. He, he is the one guy who I've seen in pretty much all of like American style football who he's American. But he came to the CFL and he's trying to get Canadian citizenship. Like he really loves it here. He yeah. has a bunch of charitable organizations here. Uh, like he, he lives in Ottawa by choice. Like he doesn't go home. He doesn't go to the States for the summer or the off season, or whatever. And he, he's just like a really shining beacon of like Canadian football. Cause he's yeah. normally it's the other way around. Normally it's like, Oh, you, you couldn't make the, the NFL. Right. So you're going to come play in the CFL, but yeah. he did the opposite. He, he did play in the NFL too, right? He did play in the NFL, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, he he loves it here, and obviously he took the the expansion team that won two games last year. Now they're in the finals. That apparently is unprecedented. People have done like there have been teams that did very poorly, like won two or three games, and then came back the next season to be in the Grey Cup. But never an expansion team has never done that in their second season. Yeah. So pretty exciting stuff. Hence his MVP. <laughs> yes, exactly. He did win it already, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's won the yeah, CFL he MVP. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll get to some follow up here. This weekend is actually also special because literally everything is on sale. Uh, did you buy anything on Black Friday? You we had talked last week about your computer and possibly going to look at some sales. Yeah. Well, so I I bought the desktop a week before Black Friday, and yeah. I even thought to myself, I'm probably going to regret buying it right now because it's probably going to go on sale next week but i'm like nah so i bought it and then sure enough there's a black friday flyer for best buy that came out that had the same computer but better like double the memory so i was like and it, it had an amd processor instead of the i5 so mm -hmm. based on my reviews of the reviews <laughs> they were fairly comparable like negligibly different right so and it was 120 bucks cheaper than what i paid originally so i was like okay that on its own it's worth it even if i end up upgrading the processor later it's 
is worth saving that money You're now. You're not going to so. upgrade the processor. No, just, probably not. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Maybe in like 10 years time, but <laughs> if we're not using, you know, super holographic yeah. floating computers by then, um, which fingers crossed we will be. Uh, and then, yeah, so then I was intending on upgrading my router as well because yeah. we just had this stock or the standard uh, standard issue TELUS router that was just a wireless N. It wasn't AC and the range wasn't great. So that was on sale. So pick that up. It's is, is getting a lot of stuff that we were planning on getting at some point, right. but it's like you'd be at a loss if you didn't buy it when it's on sale. Yeah. So it, it kind of worked out. There's like a Bluetooth headset that now that Maria started working a bit more, uh, she uses it for work. And so that was like 60 bucks off. So it was half price essentially. So, okay. Yeah. And it was some pretty, pretty good deals on that end. Um, but now with the computer, I'm finding moving from the MacBook Air to a desktop PC that doesn't have the solid state hard drive is yeah. very noticeable. Yep. <laughs> um, I was mentioning that to Maria last night. She's like, is that really necessary? I'm like, it's like an extra second that stuff takes to load. Yeah. She's like, but it's just a second. I'm like, but it's like 51 second delays. Yeah, everything is And it's annoying. Second. And you notice it when you're used to this solid state that is instant. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to, I'm going to see if anything goes on sale for Cyber Monday. Uh, but if not, then I might hold off a bit more just till they come down a bit right. more in price. Cause for the size that I'd be looking for, it's probably close to 200 bucks. Yeah. Extra. They're super so. cheap now compared to what they were when I bought mine. But well, that's, that's the thing. It's like, that's what all the articles are saying is that they're super cheap right now. So they may not actually go down a lot more in price. Yeah. So, well now it's like 50 bucks per hundred gigs. It's yeah. It's around there. Whereas before it was yeah. about a dollar a gig. Yeah. Oh, is it that? Was it that much? When I bought mine, it was oh, wow. a little more than a dollar a gig. Yeah. Like yeah. the sale right brought now, it down to that. Yeah. Like the two fifty gig ones are about yeah about a hundred hundred and twenty bucks, and yeah. the five hundreds are about two two fifty. So yeah, it's crazy. So you did you did switch computers, and this is now I a did. new computer. Yeah. So funny story with with the Memory Express one that I bought originally. I had to repackage it in the box and the styrofoam, and thankfully it kept everything. Yeah. But I had a bit of like I I thrown the styrofoam pieces fully i didn't tear them apart or anything but i threw them into the garbage that was empty outside mm-hmm. but there's a bit of garbage juice sitting at the bottom so i had to kind of wipe that off ah. and pack it back in so then when they were inspecting the computer after i brought it back i think a bit of juice was kind of left on there and it kind of got on some of the boxes and i could i could tell the lady who was checking it out was not impressed that yeah. there's garbage juice on her hands so <laughs> i was in my head saying sorry but yep. just yeah. in case a uh, friend of the show keegan is listening um we mentioned garbage juice on future chat so there you go and it wasn't even me that brought it up (laughs) (laughs) um so you like this computer you haven't noticed a real difference between the two just i don't know i i don't think i used the first one enough to get into the differences because it had it was running 8.1 so i had to upgrade to 10 and i just i didn't seem to notice the delay in clicking things the same way I'm doing with this one, but okay. maybe I just wasn't doing enough with it before. Uh, the one good thing I like about this one is that, and I was mentioning it in our, our on one media Slack channel, uh, that the pro, the video card is able to simulate a single display by combining two displays. Mm. So doubling the resolution in the one dimension. And when you're remoting in with Windows Remote Desktop, it allows you to actually utilize a double display while still having the other computer think that you're only using one. So I, I was confused by that because what is the benefit of doing that? Of using two displays? No, of, of simulating it like it's one display. Well, maybe it was more of a Mac thing, but the 
piece, the MacBook Air, it wouldn't let me use the two displays even when I had two displays hooked up to it. Like you couldn't, there's no button to switch between them? No, the, no, when when there's Windows Remote Desktop, you can't switch between them, not like TeamViewer. TeamViewer, you can. I thought, uh, uh, I'm going to have to look at that. I'm pretty sure I've done that before. I, I Googled a lot and it's like, no, it can't be done. That's so weird. So. Seems like a major lacking feature. Yeah. People were saying, oh, you can stretch it across the two monitors, but that wasn't working for me either. Right. It only it only let me do it the, because uh, with the Mac one, you have to set the resolution that you're going to use. Right. And I don't think it let me do a custom one that was bigger than my native resolution. So I don't know. Yeah, I found a way that works and I'm very excited because Fair enough. I was all ready to upgrade my work computer's operating system <laughs> to like the pro to let me use two displays with RDP because right. apparently that's what you need. So, but got to yeah. work around and I'm happy with that. Actually, before we get into the main part of the show, I feel like I need to give a PSA one more time because we talked about this many times, but uh, some people... I found out this week are still not aware that you can upgrade to Windows 10 for free. Uh, other friend of the show and Unwind Media partner, Damien Brooms, has a laptop on Windows 7. And he was like, oh, you know, I I might upgrade to 8.1. And I was like, you can do it for the first year. You can upgrade to Windows 10 right like right now. And so he's, that was on Friday night. And he was like, I'm going to go home and do that. I might actually yeah. leave early to go and do that now. In your opinion, what are your reasons for upgrading from 7 to 10? Um, I like all new technology. That's the main aside one. Aside from that, aside from that. Uh, like, I mean, there's obviously security stuff. I've, I've written years ago about the benefits of upgrading for security. And there's new features, like there's stuff to take advantage of all of the stuff that's happened in the computing world since, what is it, 2007 that uh, Windows 7 was released, 2006 even maybe. Maybe even more than that. I, I'm trying. I'm confusing Vista and Seven now. The only real downside is there's a possibility, if you get unlucky, that your system isn't necessarily going to run as well on Ten yeah. as it did on Seven. But that has always been negligible for me, and it's just it's more just that the hardware is getting slower over time, as it is that it's running less well on a future update. I don't know. I think for the average user, there's really no reason to upgrade. Average user wow. being the key, the operating. No, do you disagree? I, I, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm saying there's no re, no compelling reasons for well, them to. Maybe upgrade. no, they aren't necessarily aware of the reasons. But I don't. Think I don't there think they'd even any. be sold on the reasons. I I, I honestly couldn't Security think of any way to being the main seven one. is still supported till like 2016 at least, isn't it? 2017 or 2018 or something. No, but they're supporting it. There are different security policies. Like there's better overall security. Like with Windows, Windows Seven, you can i think get the windows security essentials whatever app that is but now it's all like all the security features of windows are built into the operating system okay i mean the, the, I, I wasn't aware of that so i learned something right the visual style of windows 8 was disliked by several people uh but to say it's to say it's objectively worse i think is not true cuz i i've upgraded like basically on launch day, every every operating system that I could since XP, and like it always gets better. It always gets more usable. Right. There, there if might you be take some... the time to familiarize yourself and figure out what it can do. Right. And that. And if you do that all the time, it takes two minutes a day. And if you never do it, then you <laughs> you get stuck, and then you start complaining when you're 
workplace upgrades from Windows XP to Windows 7, which happened like pretty much unanimously across the business world. I would always rather stay with the times so you don't get left behind, even if I wasn't sort of the guy that yeah. likes new tech. I'm pretty sure there's still some businesses running on Windows Me. <laughs> That's like definitely actually, possible. I've, I've heard, I follow uh, this blog called Deadspin, yep. and I'm sure you've heard of it. So they have various kind of sub-blogs within its yep. own kind of community. And there's one about IT, like stories from IT. And a lot of them were echoing the same sentiment that doing IT for a hospital is the worst thing ever because IT in a hospital is stuck in like the mid 90s. Yeah. Like just everything. Because for one, they're so reliant on like paper copies of everything that that's just kind of the mindset you get into. So like there's very poor backups. Like, and yeah, their operating systems are just ancient and it's just not a good scene. (laughs) No. All right. Um, I guess we should probably get to the main topics of the show we wanted to discuss. Maybe. Uh, and the first one's a biggie, I would say. So what uh, what's happening in space this week? Uh, here, let me go to see what we're talking about. Oh, this, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, this this is a biggie, but it didn't seem to be big news. No, it didn't, the, which is weird. I, I hadn't... This is another one of the the things that I wasn't aware of that Amazon or Jeff Bezos has his own uh, space travel or space what is rocket it called? rocket transportation company yeah. I guess uh, Blue Origin and they were able to use their rocket device to launch up into space and then land vertically yeah uh, they have a vo- they have a video of it it's really cool to watch space being the debated space topic being, yeah so. <laughs> there's a whole this is kind of part of the story too yeah. that i guess there's a kind of a grudge back and forth between elon musk and jeff bezos yeah and kind of trash talking each other it's half light-hearted but half serious mm-hmm. it seemed and you know because elon has been kind of the main guy in the news kind of pioneering these things and jeff is like oh well we were able to do what you couldn't do with the the spacex yeah uh falcon 9 how they're trying to launch it and then land it vertically and right They'd fail a couple times, once if not at least twice. A couple of times, yeah. Yeah. And then Elon's like, oh, well, you're only going this high. We were trying to go this high. And, oh, we're trying to obtain this type of orbit and you're not and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Phil Plate was like, guys, this just, this is its own thing, but it's still exciting. You don't have to kind of make it a back and forth type thing. Yeah. And it's it's really cool the way that they have this craft is the, I don't know what the craft's called. Uh, New New Shepard. New Shepard, and they have a passenger or crew cabin. I guess is it's intended to be a space tourism type craft, not a you know go do missions with it. Right. But they have this little kind of passenger capsule on the nose, so when it launches up, this space the passenger capsule disattaches from the rocket, and then I guess it has four minutes of free fall, mm-hmm. um, or what they call it weightless weightlessness. It's all the same, but. It's but okay. Side side note: that's sure. not weightlessness, though, right? Freefall isn't weightlessness. It's micro. No, so freefall is weightless. You have the apparent weightlessness, but um, space, like when you're orbiting the Earth, not like I guess right. technically space. It's microgravity, is what it's called. Okay, but it's still freefall, though. Like you're accelerating. You're in freefall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just want to get that out there because yeah. it's not the same. But anyway. Uh, so this craft goes, has four minutes of apparent weightlessness, I guess we'll go with. And meanwhile, the rocket, as it disattaches, it falls back to Earth. And then at whatever calculated point in space, the rockets reengage 
and start kind of realigning the mm-hmm. rocket to kind of land vertically. And it's really cool. Like, watch the video. I originally wasn't going to. I was like, oh, I should probably watch this. And it's a pretty impressive feat that they did. Right. Um, but, yeah, they were the first to be able to do this, but with the caveat that they didn't go very high. They went to the edge of what's considered, like, the barrier between space and yeah. not space. What was a hundred? A hundred kilometers. Hundred kilometers. Yeah. But my understanding with the Falcon Nine is that they've been tasked, and they were doing the the two rocket tests that they did, um, where they were trying to re-land it on the pad before that this latest crash, the la- crash this summer, um, is they were they were delivering stuff to the ISS, and then so they went fully into orbit, delivered yeah. the payload, and then went to go and re-land, and so. Yeah. Technically, obviously, the hardest part is the landing because, like, payloads have been delivered to the ISS for years. But the hard part is the landing part. But I'm sure they wouldn't be sending this rocket to space if they hadn't successfully done a mission where they just, like, took off straight up and then dropped straight back down. In fact, I I think I've actually seen that happen on, I think Elon went on the Colbert Report and and they showed a video of it. So it's not like it's never been done. It's not like the rocket has never achieved it. And I think that's what Elon Musk was trying to say. He he was like, nice job on the, what do they call it, EVOL or v, VTOL, something Critical like that. Critical takeoff landing thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right. And because that's something that Falcon 9, the Falcon 9 did first. It's done a, a long time ago. It's uh, And so I think that's what he was kind of saying. It's like, okay. you did a thing that we already did. We've already delivered payloads to the ISS and brought the rocket back almost landing it successfully and we've done this vertical takeoff and landing and so like good job you managed to get almost to space and then land it's which like, is something we've never done it was like a slow done. clap it was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and to be fair jeff bezos was the one that instigated he called out elon originally yeah so if if he hadn't done that then elon wouldn't have engaged with him at all probably not yeah and i just want to kind of point out that twitter is amazing and everyone should be on it if they're not because you're missing out on this kind of thing where you're like seeing two billionaires go at it and they're the ones doing the typing as far as i know there there isn't like just interns that are doing their tweets for them i think they're actually the ones doing it and it's yeah for sure it's it's really cool seeing the human side of of people that are otherwise kind of just the faces of companies yeah it so this is another and mike you should do this too um, I was alerted to the fact that this happened because of a Twitter account that is run by Twitter. Uh, so basically I follow a lot of tech accounts. And so whenever something happens in technology, I, I will see it. And there's this Twitter account, which is called magic Rex Rex spelled R E C S. And it's a, it's a, an algorithmic account run by Twitter that will, when you, once you follow it, it will give you recommendations via DM of either tweets that people you're interested in have or that you follow have tweeted. Like if several people have all done this, it'll recommend, it'll show it to you via DM. And if likewise, if a lot of people you follow, follow this, this third party account, like this account that you don't follow within a very short time span, it will recommend that to you. And so apparently a lot of tech people in sort of in the Apple world were not following Jeff Bezos and so I got a magic wreck to follow Jeff Bezos like the second this happened because right. there was this fight between Elon and, and Jeff Bezos. And so 
if you're not following this Magic Rex Twitter account, you should go do it because it's really it gives you interesting insights and you, you'll find out, for instance, that Jeff Bezos did something interesting online. You can often click like another one I got on November 5th was Harjit Sajan, the national defense minister, because a bunch of people had followed him in that short time yeah. span after the election. Is that different than, at least on Android, Twitter will send give a notification saying, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so are tweeting about this? It's different, or... yeah. That's, okay. a, that's a separate thing that you don't have to sign up for any account to get. Right. Yeah. Is, it, is it effectively different too? Well, it's, vi- it's it... via, like, that's just a notification that it doesn't appear. Once you click on it, like, once you open it, it'll send you to that, either that person yeah. or that hashtag. Yeah. But this is in your direct messages, like, just in a conversation. Okay. Uh, so it pops up with a notification, but it's persistent. So you can keep, you can see which people. So for instance, the Jeff Bezos one. Uh, so it says Jeff Bezos was just followed by a guy, Steve Kovach, who writes for, uh, uh, Tech Insider, the site, uh, Film Girl, who is Christina Warren is at Mashable and uh, a guy named Fraser Spears, who's a writer, yeah. iPad guy. Yeah. Anyways, um, it shows you who followed them and why you should. It's more like an archive of those types of things, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so uh, go and do that if you if you're in, intrigued by the description of it because it's yeah it's been worth my time. Like you get it, you get spam direct messages all the time, and well, not all the time, but yeah. often enough. It, and these are not spam; they're actually right. interesting most of the time. Yeah. On a kind of tangential topic, space tourism in general. Are you? I I already know the answer to this, but are you yay or nay for it? The tourism. In this, in, Though the way that Blue Origin is trying to do it, where it's launch people up, have them fall back. I to, I guess it's kind of like the ultimate, so far, thrill-seeking thing. I think it's still too dangerous for me to consider. Like, there's still so many risks of okay. rocket launches that I, I don't know if I would do that just to say I did it. Like, I haven't gone skydiving. I haven't gone bungee jumping. I, have, I haven't done any of those, you know, when you go to the fair and they have these... Fifty hundred dollar attractions where you like get slingshotted yeah. up. Like I have not done anything like that, and right. just because it, it seems like like I'm a very low risk person, I wouldn't jeopardize my life on that high of stakes just because I want a thrill. Like I don't want a, th- a thrill that bad. So when we're talking about, so for instance, I wouldn't do this this space tourism thing, but I absolutely would go like train and go on a mission to Mars. <laughs> like given the training and proper equipment, exactly because the risk is worth stuff, it. Right? Sure. It's like you're actually making a contribution to society. You're not just seeking a thrill. If I was doing that, I'd be jumping out of a plane every other day. Interesting. I, yeah. I I didn't expect that answer. You thought I would do it like I'd be on board yeah. already. Yeah. But I guess given your explanation, that makes sense. Because we've, we've talked about, you know, oh, if you could get like a chip in your head that would allow telepathic or, you know, mental communication. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, yeah, that'd be so cool. Like, but I guess... Ideally, that's not life threatening. I think exactly. if that type of procedure is like, there's a fifty percent chance you'll die from it. It's like uh, I would not do not. it, right? So, okay, that that makes sense. Yeah. I I guess given that, I'd probably be the same. Like, I'd have to weigh the risks obviously yeah. associated with it. But given that it was a kind of a a standard thing that everyone does, like say flying on an airplane, some people yeah. feel that that's a risk not worth taking. But it's like, it, yeah, you know. But it's is if if it was as safe as taking an airplane, then I'd do it exactly. Like there, right. there are certain things. I, I don't know exactly what the overall rock, like history of rocket launches that are manned is, but I have a feeling that it's not. I mean, I know for sure it's not as good as planes, for instance. Right. 
like I don't know how it is compared to cars or flight hours. Yeah. Cars are super unsafe. <laughs> they crash right. all the time. Uh, but yeah, planes are extremely safe. And also you're, you're generally, the goal is not, there are touristic kind of plane rides, but the goal is generally not just to be in a plane. Right. It's not like, woo, this is so fun. Like the, right. I guess the one, eh, and even then, the, the Vomit Comet NASA's. I was just thinking about that one, yeah. Their plane, generally that's used for like movie sets or commercials when you need, some commercial setting where you need weightlessness is part of it. Yeah. Or scientific research that wants to yeah. study something in zero the, or microgravity. Yeah. Like the Concorde was kind of tourism-y. Yeah. Just because it went so fast. And then the, the Arrow, I don't think that was even a passenger plane. I think right? the Arrow that was, like, was more military. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a really fast one. So yeah, let's say the Concorde was kind of the closest we've been to tourism travel. Whereas right. like, you could take a slow plane or you could take the Concorde, which is super fast. And it, Yeah. Either that or for that business men who wanted to get to London in like two hours from New York. Right. Right. Whatever it was. I don't... Whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm intrigued to see what happens. Mostly after this Blue Origin thing, I'm intrigued to see what happens with the Falcon 9 the next time they... Yeah. launch one if they can do the orbit and send up the payload and then land it vertically they're gonna jump right back like unarguably ahead because they're doing something that's more impressive but i'm i'm optimistic about privatized space travel as well because last week i learned about boeing being in the game and now amazon slash blue origin is in the game too so it's I'm excited to see that type of competition and diversity in the space. I always thought it was just SpaceX and, and Virgin that was kind of in the game. But yeah, it's good to see that there's there's people kind of pushing each other to do it better and kind of go for more and have some competition, even price-wise. Like, obviously, it's not private or individual contracts, but just NASA contracts or whatever. You'll have some sort of competition yeah. with that because that's always good. Yeah. Um, th- this actually makes me, before we move on, um, this reminds me of another thing I saw this week that I didn't necessarily think was worthy of inclusion as a full topic in the show. But uh, there's a, a story here which I'll link to. Uh, it was all over the place, but I picked this one from Business Insider. Uh, talking to, or talking, I guess, about Neil deGrasse Tyson and his views on privatized space exploration. And he was saying somewhat, I guess, uh, controversially to some people that a private company won't be able to get... Um, won't be the thing that gets us to Mars. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw that this week. I but, did not. Uh, we, we've talked about yeah. something similar, like almost the exact same headline. But right. just basically, I think it was actually NASA saying, oh, you can't do it without us. Right. Like, And it was the Mars yeah. One mission that people were, that people kind of buzzed about in the summer and then faded away to nothingness because there were a bunch of flaws and there wasn't enough funding and all this. He's basically saying it's not going to be a private company independently doing it. Right. Uh, a private company could be involved. Something like SpaceX could work with NASA like they're doing already to to help get to Mars, but it's not going to be a private company alone doing it. And I I tend to agree based on the reasoning he's he gave. So um, yeah, you'd, you'd essentially need to have a private company hire a bunch of people from NASA, build what NASA already has, and then do it themselves, which at that point you're essentially using NASA. Yep. Exactly. Like you're just throwing a bunch of money needlessly when that, infrastructure is already there yeah so absolutely but anyways so i'll I'll, there'll be a link to that in the notes as well um now mike the next topic i have here i just wrote the word hygiene in the notes it's something that i have been wanting to talk about for 
probably well for a long a really long time like over a year now um but there was there was always a bunch of news in the show and it never really seemed like the right time to just kind of shove it in there but this seems like a good week i was low on other important stories and i thought this was a good chance to get this in there finally and uh i so i provided you with no context and i've only put this in here did i put it in this morning or last night anyways I think it was this morning actually yeah. no, it was there last night yeah so uh i want to talk about hygiene and this is extremely long-term follow-up from i went back and looked actually and i guess i should probably put a link to that as well um back when this was two different shows called future tech chat and future side chat um we had an episode of future side chat called health and in that episode, we talked about the microbiome. We talked a lot about um, specifically the the poop microbiome that we have in our intestines, as well as our skin microbiome. Do you recall this conversation? I do. I, I figured that's what it was about when I saw that. Yeah. So uh, in that discussion, I actually went back and listened to the very end of it because apparently that's when we were talking about it. And unfortunately, we talked about it in at that point, what was at that point, the unrecorded after show. So I only have the link there to remind me that it, I was actually not making up that we had talked about it. Um, but basically what we had talked about in that episode was the fact that um, I thought that I was reading about the skin microbiome and talking about how our skin has healthy bacteria and unhealthy bacteria. And some of the unhealthy bacteria that gets on your skin is what leads to things like acne or any kind of real skin problems going on. And at that time, I think it had been maybe a month or two. It had been a very short period of time that I, or no, sorry, I'm, I'm misremembering. So it had been, it had been a couple of years that I had not washed my face. I had, I had washed it with water and I'd maybe right. used like a face cloth or something, but I had not washed my face with soap in a really, it had been a very long time. It had been at least a couple of years. And at the time I had, I think I had made the claim. And if I had not, then I had made it internally in my head that I was going to try not using soap on my body because the the theory being, and it was the thing in this article that that is in this health episode uh, notes, that your skin has a bunch of healthy bacteria on it that are keeping it kind of in balance. And every time you wash your skin, when you're in the shower, presumably every day, washing your skin with soap, you're getting rid of all that bacteria. And it's actually beneficial to you to have that bacteria on you because it kind of gets in the way and doesn't let more virulent bacteria or things that will cause things like acne or anything like that to to stick around. And so when you have this healthy microbiome, you you're tending to get a lot less of these negative effects of this bad bacteria. And so I wanted to test that and eventually follow up with it on this show. And it has now been that that was October 10th, I believe, 2014. We were talking about the Nexus 6 having just been it was about to be announced or it was like we we're talking about the fall event with the Nexus 6 last year. And uh, so I wanted to follow up on it now because it's been over a year. And I'm proud to say that when I have gotten dirty, if I've gotten like bike grease or something on my leg, I have washed the bike grease off with soap. But other than that, like I've not used soap as part of a regular washing routine. I do shampoo my hair every once in a while, but I have not, uh, I've not been making regular use of soap just as a sort of precautionary cleaning type measure i'm and it's been amazing i don't know feel I, I, I don't to, know what to say i don't know if congratulations are in order <laughs> or if this is like a an announcement of sorts i i can see 
I remember being grossed out by this conversation mm-hmm. we had before. Yeah. And I do remember you recall, I do remember you saying that you were planning on experimenting with not using soap at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how that would turn out. And I guess that's the reason why you're experimenting with it. Well, exactly. And so I didn't, have, I, yeah, I didn't tell have, a single have, person that I was actually going, that I've okay. been going through with it. So this is a fairly controlled experiment. It's an extremely controlled experiment. Like, so for instance, I don't really go and roll around in the mud that often. I don't, I don't Only work with any, yeah. right. <laughs> I don't work with any dangerous chemicals. Right. I don't do anything that takes me out of the ordinary. It's not like, like I'm, and this is, I wash myself well. Like I, I have a, one of those poof shower things. So I'll, I'll yeah. wash dead skin off. Like I'll, I'll take good care of myself. I put on deodorant. I do all this, but yeah. I didn't talk about it. Now, and, yeah. do you have your own shower loofah? Yes. Okay. I, okay. So, so there isn't like soap residue on it from no. a previous person using it. Okay. No. Um, yeah. So like I said, I use, I use shampoo, although also on the shampoo side, again, not very often. It's something that I've always wanted to kind of try, but I also use so little, like I use a very small amount of shampoo because uh, I did an episode of actual update yeah. last year talking about how we use too much of these things. And it kind of egged me on to continue doing this as I went Yeah, because my hair gets it. My hair is super clean and I use the, the f- maybe once or twice a week that I wash my hair. I use so little shampoo. For the record, I still don't believe your thing of if it's lathering, you're using too much. No, okay, but it's I'm, what I'm saying is when I said that, it's it's fine. I'm not saying like I'm thinking in the context bad. of dishes. With dishes, you want like suds in there. With dishes, with a dishwasher, yeah, no, with I, with like a sink, a sink full of dishes, you want to have soap like suds in there. You want to have some, and a sink is if you're filling a sink with dishes, you're probably not washing dishes effectively, anyways. Um, well. That's not what I mean, but I know that's not what washing dishes in the sink. Yeah. yeah, you you want suds, but suds mean that you have used more than you need to to clean the dishes, which is you you would want to use more rather than less. But I'm saying people tend to use way more than they need. Sure, so they have fair. mountains of suds going yeah. on. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what I mean is, if you don't see any suds, it means you've used just either too little or just enough. And so like, for instance, if, if I take not enough shampoo, I can, I can tell, I can feel right. it. And I, right. so I use a tiny bit more, but I used to take, we have the the big bottle from, I guess Costco is the most common place you find it, but yeah. I think Walmart has it too. The like, uh, herbal essences like with the pump thing. With the pump. Yeah. And so like you can, you can get, if you pump yeah. that whole pump, you will yeah. have like 10 times too much shampoo. Yeah. yeah. And that's intentional too. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that was, that was my main point yeah. in the shampoo section. I was like, you're, they want you to use mu- a lot because yeah. that way you can use more. more of it, <laughs> buy more. So, but this experiment has been great. I like nobody, I, like I said, I, I deodorize still. I do, I keep myself presentable in every other regard and nobody noticed anything. If anything, it got better one thing i found in this experiment um is that the amount of armpit hair i had have at any given time correlates much more strongly with any kind of body odor coming from that area so if i keep it trimmed which i do on occasion it it's not a problem really and that's like that's putting deodorant on every day but if it gets if it gets too long then I can put deodorant on at the beginning of the day and by the end of the day, it, 
it starts to smell bad. Like when, when I get ready for bed or whatever, I can smell it. But after trimming, no, it doesn't. And uh, yeah, so like, like I said, I wash myself properly. There's nothing wrong with hygiene. It just soap has not been a part of it for the last year. Right. And I've suffered, if anything, A, no ill effects and B, my complexion has been more regular than ever. Like people, and again, hormonally, hormonally, people are different. And uh, so obviously there are going to be people who have acne no matter what, but I really feel like all of these products people are kind of compelled to put on their faces to to make their skin clearer or whatever are just not necessary and actually probably or possibly at least detrimental yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, it's the kind of thing that you probably, if you're using a facial cleanser where it's getting rid of everything, like all mm-hmm. the oils, all everything, you literally have to keep using it. Yep. Consistently to keep it up versus a self-maintaining biome like you're talking about, right? Like what evolution has been helping us right. build for millions of years. Yeah, there are no monkeys that are using oil of Olay or whatever it is. So, can we expect to see these uh, scientific results published in the next edition of Science? Uh, probably not. Okay. I don't think they take trials with one person <laughs> who is performing them like no blind self studies. self-performance of <laughs> research yeah you would need- I, i'd actually be interested to see if there's research like actual research yeah not that this is an actual research but no it's not it's not it. it's not rigorous i'm not taking right. notes rigorous yeah, every day yeah, but right. basically i think it'd be very difficult because the active ingredient in soap surfactants that is what is also causing the foaming so i don't think you'd be able to have It'd be very difficult at least to have someone te- like do a double blind study where you have like a soap that doesn't have surfactants and then you have soap with no surfactants to to control the, the test right. to see how clean people stay. It'd be very difficult. So I don't know how you do a double blind study of that. I don't think it would have to be that type of blind study. I, I don't think it would have to be blind at all. Not like, necessarily, but if we're talking about rigorous science, then you would at least have to consider your options. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to over. design this experiment right now. We, we can, should, though. We can do it next week. Okay, we'll, we'll put a pin in it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that, that, uh, it's been very yeah. interesting. And, and if I have to make a re- recommendation, I would say people should at least give it a shot. You can do it on as short or a long term as yeah. you want. But, uh, in my limited results, it's been all positive. I think I might try it just the facial approach, like yeah. not using it on my face. I think I'd be every, I'm going to be honest with you. Every time I wash my face, I think about you saying that you don't need, I, I'm not joking. Since that episode, you. I'm like, I wonder if I should use soap today, but I always do. Cause I just, I, I, I can't, but yeah. yeah. So I, uh, like I said, in that episode, I did, or maybe not in the episode, but after that episode at, at the time, even years before, years previous with the, the stories that I was telling about before I had even started this experiment, when I did the face thing, I would go a month on a month off. And in that sort of in-between time, I would notice it was better, but it wasn't gone. So sometimes I would still get the occasional acne something, but it was never, it was not as bad. But now it's just like, it doesn't happen. It's like, if it happens, it's once every three months for like six hours. It's not a big deal. Right. I think I'd have to wash my beard. I find that starts smelling. You could use, but that's the thing is that I don't think if you're keeping it trimmed, if it's not like this big yeah. bushy thing, I think it's probably okay. Could you get like some beard oil or something to keep yeah. it? Yeah. I hear that's all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. 
but yeah, that uh, that's been my experience, and and I'm probably never going back. And I do expect to publish my results at some point. Okay, though not in science, just for the record. Just, just in general, just published. Period. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, on to much more serious, I guess you'd say, news. What do you have for us? More more rigorous research. We'll, yes. we'll call it. There's. <laughs> There's been a lot of GMO news recently. Yeah. This is this is also GMO. This is mutant mosquitoes is what the headline says. I I think that's a little clickbaity, but uh the idea is that they're they're modifying the DNA of mosquitoes to resist malaria. Yeah. This this so, is something we've touched on in past episodes. Have we? This this seems new, but yeah, we have this specific thing well, where you're modifying the DNA where they were trying to breed not breed malaria, no. but breed it out. We talked about they were kind of trying to experiment with like a kill switch type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is this is yeah. So this allude the article this BBC article that I found it alludes to that research they've been doing where they're trying to modify the mosquitoes that have malaria, but they're trying to avoid affecting the population of mosquitoes in case it has other detrimental effects that they're not aware of, like yeah. from a ecosystem standpoint. So now what they're doing is they're trying to uh, integrate. Uh, genetically modified mosquitoes where they have antibodies that fight and prevent the malaria from being passed on and uh, contracted to the humans or animals, I guess, but humans that would get the malaria by being bitten by these mosquitoes that have it. Right. And they're finding that this antibody, it's it's it has a 98%, greater than 98% uh, efficiency and is passed on for two more generations after. So it seems to be a viable way to at least reduce the amount of malaria that's in a mosquito population. Mm -hmm. uh, it's obviously not going to get rid of it. It's not a. It's not like oh, we're going to kind of naturally or unnaturally, I guess, select mosquitoes and just work your way through the entire population because that's impossible. But like yeah. they were experimenting on some mosquitoes in India, and uh, yeah, they were able to. to they, there's a what they call a CRISPR. C-R-I-S-P-R method of genetic modification right. that I guess are able to kind of target a specific part of the DNA. And I'm assuming they were doing it on live mosquitoes because otherwise right. you yeah. that's how, how you pass on the, that <laughs> gene. And yeah, they're able to pass it on for two more generations uh, and has almost, yeah, almost 100% efficiency and greater than 98% is what the paper uh sites as their efficiency right. for accepting and passing it on so um obviously malaria is a big deal especially in developing countries or uh just third world countries in general that don't have uh you know great health care or they're just exposed to mosquitoes a lot more such as africa or india or that kind of place yeah so uh yeah you know the current methods of avoiding malaria are mosquito nets or um just mosquito repellent i guess but mosquito nets specifically when you're sleeping Mm -hmm. So this is promising to to try to increase that that force of avoiding malaria. Yeah, they mention at the beginning that it's a lab technique, but they're right now it's a lab technique. It's still right, it's yeah. still live mosquitoes yeah. that are just in the lab. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of do like a proof of concept within a population and see if it reduces the rate of malaria in humans, because that'd be the only way to really tell if it's having an effect is kind of a year-over-year -year basis mm. to see if you can do one year without the genetic modification or a year with it and see if the, the rates are different. Yeah. Um, 
the the thing that I found interesting is you have these stories of genetic modification when it comes to, you know, avoiding malaria or coming with a new drug or that kind of thing. And everyone's all excited for it. But as soon as you get into genetic modification of food, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Hold the phone here. You don't want to be messing around with that. But this is the same thing. So, yeah, we're not eating the bugs yet. No, that's the problem. Not yet. I'm sure some people are, but <laughs> yeah. That's not the intent. Well, the people who are worried about genetic modification and the people who eat insects on a regular basis have no overlap. In <laughs> I'm positive of that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like you're not, you're not trying to make chicken taste like bacon here. You're trying to change mosquitoes so that they're not passing malaria on, which is a good, yep. a good intent. But yeah, it seems like when it comes to genetic modification of food, which still has good intent, you're trying to make, you know, corn more hearty. Uh, or apples grow in places where they normally wouldn't or whatever, which is still important for the food, the food chain of humans, yeah. I guess. And, and making sure that we have enough food to meet the demand. But I guess that's just, you know, people seem to be against that a bit more than, yep. than this kind of thing, which is unfortunate. And I think that's where education comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. They were there. The episode we mentioned the mosquitoes in was uh, episode 66 back in July. And they do reference the, the other ones basically saying that the, the this other thing we talked about previously was breeding infertility into mosquitoes so they would just yeah, die right. out. Yeah. And these guys were saying well, – and the other people also commented on it like maybe this isn't the best thing. We might not want to kill off an entire species just because they transmit malaria. It would be better to get the malaria resistance into the mosquitoes as opposed to – because obviously they have this has unforeseen impacts on other environmental factors. And nobody wants any more species. Like no, no ecologist in their right mind wants any other species to die out. We're already in in what scientists are calling a mass extinction. With what do they say? Possibly like eighty percent of species could be dying out to do to global warming and deforestation. All these issues. Yeah, there was the thing in the news about, and maybe we could talk about this a little. It's kind of tangential, but this uh, there are three of this specific breed of white rhinoceros left in the world, and. Uh, how because this four there, there were four and then the fourth one died and uh i don't know do you think we need to save every species no because i also don't think we need to save every species and i don't think the cuddliest ones or the rarest ones are make them it doesn't yeah. make them more, more worthy of saving we talked about this before too i think we did we did and we were saying that i think you brought up the example of was it pandas probably it was panda, yeah yeah it was pandas, pandas and you're like they're, they're, they're horrible from a natural selection standpoint because yeah. they have one food source mm -hmm. in one location yeah so yeah if it was up to nature they'd probably die out i think it's just that they don't have a whole ton of predators yeah natural predators anyway that would threaten them in, in our case is poaching that they're that they're more threatened by i think yeah um but yeah no i like same thing even with the global warming standpoint you know Human uh, human involvement aside, climate change has been the cause of population changes and natural selection, you know, throughout yeah. history. So mm -hmm. I don't see why that would be any different now and why we have some sort of need to do anything about it. Yeah. Aside, for, again, from the anthropogenic causes or, right. or influences. I, yeah, I get wanting to not disturb the world on a global scale. I understand that impulse, but I don't think we have... I, we're certainly not duty bound to protect every species and it might be a waste of resources to pour a whole bunch of money into saving a couple when, for instance, if we spent money on either slowing down or 
preferably reversing climate change, that would be a lot more beneficial. Yeah. They're now saying that this year, I think, was the hottest on record so far, and the last five years have been the five hottest years on record. It's just, yeah, it's getting out of control. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'd even go as far as saying it is a waste of money to focus on yeah, one yeah, or yeah. two species. <laughs> but again, like, I, I can see why you'd want to, but yeah, you'd have to, I, th- I think we're just too, we feel like we want to have control over yeah. what's happening. It, it It is also easier to put a fuzzy face on these issues. And maybe that's what, I mean, that's probably why they're doing it. Like you get this pet cause, literally in some cases, a pet cause and that you kind of get focused on that and forget about the big picture of what you're actually trying to do. You're not, the goal isn't save this panda or this family of animals. It's like make the world at least livable for the majority of species and not kill a bunch of things. Yeah, like if if a species is going extinct because of either poaching or mm-hmm. or deforestation or whatever, yeah, sure, let's like don't do that don't because do that's that. effect, yeah. right? But when it's just I don't know, I I guess in this case, yeah, global warming. If their if their habitat is changing due to influences beyond our control, then I don't know what yeah you can really do about it. If anything. they're either going to adapt or they're going to die off, and that's what's happened for billions of yeah. years. And I think it there's an impulse by humans to want. To, to think that we're in charge of the planet. And I don't think enough people in that position of, of having some control over it realize that we're absolutely not. The planet's going to do whatever it wants. And as many people, great minds have said before, we are going to be gone before the world disappears. Like we're not going to last forever. And if we do, we're going to look a lot different and yeah. be a lot different than we are now. Especially we as individuals let alone mm-hmm. as a species well yeah every within 100 years everybody <laughs> who is alive now is going to be gone within yeah. with within a margin of error we can talk yeah. about uh kind of anti-aging techniques later but within yeah. within an order of magnitude of 100 years everyone alive now is going to be a distant memory yeah the, i'll just bring up again i wish there's a way to well the, i guess is there a way i don't think there's a way to just cryogenically freeze yourself and wake up a thousand years later no that's not, not current. Yet. Not not no. people. You can cryogenically freeze yourself, but there's that's not a guarantee that people will be able to reanimate you right. later, even now. So, so why they have couldn't. waivers for those? Yeah, <laughs> like this may kill you. <laughs> I mean, you will be effectively dead. Dead. Yeah. It's just we hope that at some point technology will be able to bring you back. Yeah, we're working yeah. on it. <laughs> so i uh, I wanted to talk about this this rumor that came up this week. And there's no segue from the previous topic whatsoever. I, I tried. That's Didn't okay. Work. Uh, every year for the past several years, there has been a rumor that the next iPhone is not going to have a headphone jack. This has come up. Honestly, if you look, I've, I've followed Apple News for a long time. And basically, it's, it's, a, it's a tale as old as the iPhone that basically the phone is getting too thin and... The next thing, the next port to go now that they have a lightning port as opposed to the old 30 pin connector, that's the thickest thing. And the next iteration is just going to be rid of it. What, what do you think about this? My first thought as you're describing or introing the thing is you're going to just start seeing third parties or even an Apple branded device that has a Bluetooth radio in it and a headphone jack in it so that you can link the Bluetooth and just plug a headphone into that thing. Yep. And that's going to solve all the issues. So I, I don't think it's a big deal if it does. 
you know, it's, if anything, it's an opportunity for Apple to make more money by selling another dongle or device that right. you need to, to integrate with it. So this, I mean, we can talk about this particular iteration. I haven't actually clicked on any of the stories where this came up. I just thought, I thought it was more interesting as a bigger kind of discussion. Yeah. So first of all, on on your point, I have one of those. Oh, do you? I have a Bluetooth okay. dongle that connects to any set of, any not any set of headphones, any three and a half millimeter Jack. speakers. Yeah. Right. So right now down by my TV, there's a set of speakers that is connected to that. Like it just always is. So I can just always connect to that Bluetooth thing and play music through the speakers. And it's amazing. It was branded as, you know, connect this. It came with a set of very bad headphones. But I immediately, when we had them, it was this was back when I was working at Canada Computers. I saw them on the shelf and I immediately was like, this is amazing. I don't want these headphones, but I want what this thing can enable. <laughs> so what I can do basically is, and I haven't done this nearly as much as I've wanted to, but I've done it a few times. I will, I'll go to someone's house and they'll be wanting to play music for some gathering party, whatever. But that means someone has to sacrifice their phone to plug into the system so that you can listen to music. Like, but do you? But you do not. <laughs> so every time I, I think of it, I bring this along, making sure it's charged. It gets about five or six hours of battery. Okay. Like it's very tiny. It's honestly like smaller than my thumb. Oh, okay. Uh, like a USB stick almost? Right. So yeah. it's very similar to this new Chromecast audio, right. except it's not tied to the cloud in any way. It's just, just Bluetooth. And it is... When it's limited by range, whereas Chromecast audio isn't. Chromecast audio is limited by range, but it's limited by Wi-Fi range instead of just right. range. Right, yeah. But it has to be attached to a device exactly. and stay within that range, yeah. yeah. Right. And it can also play music. It streams music directly from the cloud. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. As opposed to streaming it through the phone. Yeah. And uh, But that is very limited in terms of where you can get the music from. I think there's only a few services that it works with. So, for instance, if you have Apple Music on your um android phone you can't play that to the the chromecast audio whereas you could play it to this i think they're saying that at some point they might change it so it can just natively play not native maybe native is not the right word but just play whatever audio was coming out of the device yeah i don't see why they i don't see honestly why that wasn't included in the first place but yeah i i would definitely say that's coming within the next few months if not sooner i don't see why it wouldn't but uh this this headphone jack thing so I've seen it a few different ways, but what they're basically saying is now that Apple owns Beats, Beats Audio is the way that things are going, and there's enough Apple devices in the world that a pair of Beats headphones can just ship with a 3.5 millimeter adapter. Yeah. So adapting Lightning to 3.5 millimeter. Or oh, through the versa. Lightning port. Oh, okay. And sure. so, yeah, when this first came out, first of all, there are a bunch of Beats uh, products. I have one that is Bluetooth. But also you can just, I mean, I, th- I would think being an Apple company, they would ship it with a lightning port. So you just plug your Beats headphones into the lightning port. And then they would also, presumably because 3.5 millimeter audio is so pervasive, they would sell an adapter that would allow you to adapt lightning to 3.5 millimeter. Or they would much less likely just insert one in the in the package of headphones you bought. But I don't, I don't know that this is going to happen. I, I think 3.5 millimeter audio is too pervasive and bluetooth is not not enough it's not enough what do you say like what can i say about this it's not because of the fact that it's battery powered because of the fact that people when they hear bluetooth audio they think this is bad quality there there's too many reasons why and no but not enough people are going to adopt this like bluetooth 
using Bluetooth is a very niche thing and has only started to kind of take off in that companies like Sonos and Bose and Beats have started selling Bluetooth speakers. Bluetooth headphones have been around for a long time, though. They've been around, but they've not been mass adopted. And with the battery issues, which which would be an, it's never been an issue for me, but it is an issue for a lot of people. People don't want to have to charge any other stuff. So I just I don't know. I think that they've been there's been so on a on a tangential note, there have been rumors when this when this headphone thing inevitably comes around, saying that need, the phone needs to get thinner. It's not going to have a three three and a half millimeter audio jack. Uh, I believe it's actually a patent from Apple. They they have been looking at cutting, basically literally just cutting a three and a half millimeter audio jack in half, having the same, I think it's tip, ring, ring, tip or something. Whatever the arrangement is, yeah. Uh, how the, the electronics of it work. But it's basically literally just sliced in half cross-section wise. And so it ends up being half the height, but you still get the same connection and it was right. it's still backwards compatible with every other three and a half millimeter jack because all you need is to make that connection somewhere in the round and that would give you a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack that's half the size but would also let you play use the headphones on any device i think that's more likely although that's kind of finicky and i'm not sure exactly how it would work but i have a question for you i don't yeah what's that is this really just a way to know that we've reached peak thinness and we shouldn't go any thinner? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the I think thinness is going to get to a point, maybe not in one year or even two years or even five years, but I think the end thing here is that we're going to have a thing that is flexible. Obviously, we're already going that direction. It's not going to be like paper. I don't think we're going to get that kind of analogous analogous thing. But I think it has to be flexible from a from a use standpoint. You don't necessarily have to unfurl the entire thing to be like maybe you could have an iPad sized sheet of this foldable material, but if you just like it would fold up in your pocket so that it would be the size of a conventional sort of mobile phone and you'd be able to use part of the screen if you wanted to make phone calls, for instance, but you'd be able to kind of either unfold it or roll it out to be bigger. I just see that as the more as the more conventional type of thing. Eventually, all on a time scale where within the next few years, I don't think people would have to buy these kind these kind of wired accessories. But I feel like wireless charging, not just kind of set your phone down on a pad, but actually pervasive kind of like Wi-Fi, where you just yeah. have a couple of beacons and they would send out wireless charging, like wireless charge. And you wouldn't need uh, wired headphones. Headphones would just connect wirelessly, either through Bluetooth or through whatever the next iteration of wireless technology is. But I think everything will just become pervasive. So your your computers won't need ports because they will just communicate right. wirelessly. Like you'd have a with the Internet of Things taking over, everything is going to have a chip in it. Everything will be able to have some kind of smart operating system that inter- interconnects wirelessly. Like, so your hard drive, for instance, would be, would run some kind of, depending on where you got it from, would run some kind of Linux or, uh, or just Windows 10. Like, Windows 10 is the Windows of the future. They're, ta- they're talking about building really, really lightweight clients that'll be able to run anything. Like, be able to run your dishwasher, be able to run, uh, like a piano, it'd be able to run anything. 
And so I see that as being more of the future where everything is just like your, your pair of headphones will just be running Windows or will just be running some lightweight operating system that will be able to communicate wirelessly with the things around it. They do have IoT, I guess, operating systems, you could call it, but they're literally just the bare minimum to be able to communicate. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they even call them operating systems, but in theory they are because that's what they run with. But yeah, I I don't think I just going back to what you were saying before about your envision of uh what a phone or mobile device is going to be where you're folding it. From an engineering standpoint, I that's a definite not happening because generally you avoid creases and corners mm-hmm. just because they're like high stress points. Like you're going to yeah. have something, I feel have something rolled, but you're not going to have something folded. You know yeah. what I mean? I know what you mean. Unless you have hinges. If you have hinges and then when you re-hinge them back up, they kind of connect and kind of stabilize into a flat device. Yeah. But you're not going to have folds where there's components being like, or a screen being folded. Right. I don't think I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that I mean folded in the sense of like you're gonna fold a sheet of paper in half and like kind of make it a very no. I don't sharp think edge. you'd like sharpen it, but even then, I'm thinking something more like because as nanoscale electronics get better, you will be able to have a flexible material, something like graphene, being the the example that pops out, that is on such a microscopic scale that it wouldn't need to fold out to a sharp point in order for the macro scale electronics involved to fold to to an acceptable level for this technological use. I just see something that changes shape and size, either through folding or through stretching or whatever, is more is is where the future's going. I just what don't if, see how it couldn't be that. What if it rolled up like a scroll? Mm-hmm. And then so the compacted form would kind of still be like a rectangular kind of like yeah. thing and then you unfold it like that and it just kind of like stretches out into a screen yeah yeah so you're still, possible yeah so you're still having the components being rolled but you're not f- doing any folding but it's still like you have the two say like rigid parts on the ends that clip together right and you carry that in your pocket and you unroll it to like the full size mm-hmm. thing that it is you can see that yeah at a certain point we're gonna have and maybe i'm overthinking it maybe at a certain point every operating system will just run on a mobile phone shaped or sized device and every op like every major manufacturer will just have some sort of continuum based thing continuum being the windows 10 thing where you'll be able to plug your phone into a monitor and it will you'll be able to use that as your computer yeah (sighs) yeah it's there's a lot of different directions it could go and without like they've been doing a bunch of research into foldable electronics but you're, I, yeah, you're right in that I don't think it's going to be like you will literally fold this in half and there will be a sharp edge where the electronics, because they will, they'll get mangled or they'll, they'll not Whatever. be reliable yeah. for multiple foldings. But yeah. Um, I don't, it's, it's so hard to predict technology. And the only thing that I've learned really from the past is somebody who's making a prediction today is going to be almost exactly right, but be suggesting something ridiculous right now or somebody who is a visionary right now is going to say something that sounds ridiculous in hindsight like bill gates with his whole 256k is enough for anybody um quote but yeah so i it's hard to say exactly where it's going to go but i i'm just so excited and i don't think coming back to the iphone i don't think that 
whatever the headphone jack is, whether it's just the same headphone jack and they do something, I don't, I don't think they will, but they do something like I've seen some Android phones do where that port kind of bulges out around right. to form a little circle. Like it's thicker uh, than the phone yeah. itself, right? Or they do the half height thing or they do the lightning thing. I don't think that in long term matters as much. I just think that this is the kind of thing where we're we're tending towards something and that's the the important thing is that there's a, once there's a major leap in technology something like the smartphone we we hit that giant leap and then we just kind of iterate towards something new until there's some other major thing that happens and it's I think it's more likely that a company we don't even really have on the map is working on that eventual thing or will be working on that eventual thing than yeah. it is that any of the companies like Microsoft or Apple or uh, Google are actually working on. And further to that, uh, I don't think it, it, while I don't think that's necessarily impossible, I think it will be technology acquired. If, if it is one of those major companies, it'll be a company they acquired that it's that technology that was, that was created by someone else. It's not going to be the same minds that made the iPhone are not going to be the minds that make the next big thing because they're working on the iPhone. Right. They're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, if for one, if any company is going to do it, it's going to be Apple if they get rid of the headphone jack because Mm. they haven't had an issue doing proprietary implementations of, of course, and that kind of thing. And I, I like what you said about the, uh, you know, people kind of making a change and then it kind of, everyone kind of does that. And then there's another change. Like it's, it reminds me of the, I think it's called punctuated equilibrium in evolution and mm-hmm. how you kind of have like status quo and then change happens and then it's like that for a bit and then another change happens and then you kind of have like wireless technology, I think is waiting for that next jump into 5G. And mm-hmm. then once people start doing that, then everyone's going to start doing that because that's going to become expected and it's going to become the new standard. And then you're going to have kind of status quo again for a little bit. And then like, I can't think of an example Right now, I guess, say like cameras in camera phones or in or in phones in general, I guess, because that I think that on its own is saying a lot that there used to be yeah. literally a thing called a camera phone. Now you have a phone because they all have a camera yeah. Yeah. and everyone expects a very good camera, at least a usable camera on their phone. But it wasn't like that all the time. I honestly can't even think of maybe it was the iPhone that was the first to kind of make a camera, a good camera ubiquitous. Even then, yeah, the first iPhone had a terrible camera. Right. But so that's what I mean. One, I can't think yeah. of who pioneered like the good camera on a phone, but it happened. And then all of a sudden all the phones had a good I think camera it was the it. iPhone 4 that really took the first step into this is a good, I think it was the first eight, I think it was the eight megapixel was the iPhone 4 that it was like, this had a good signal processor. Like other eight megapixel phones existed. Right. Or but it couldn't replace your point and phones. shoot. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think they were the first one, and now it's the iPhone four might still be the like biggest, like the most taken or the most used camera on Flickr or whatever it is that how they measure. Oh yeah, I don't okay. know if using Flickr is a good measure of how many photos <laughs> adoption, are taken anymore. Adoption, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. But um, no, I I, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's hard to predict what's going to happen, and I guess it's it's fun to think about what's going to happen with the next iteration of devices, and yeah, I guess. I, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, like if it's just a simple three and a half dot lightning adapter, I think it's it's almost a no brainer to replace mm-hmm. it if if that's all that it would take. Yeah the the hard part for them is going to be a how and this is not going to be a 
big thing for most people, but is going to be how do you charge your phone and listen to music at the same time? Not a huge concern, yeah. but I'm, people will say it. Uh, another thing that I think will be a concern is it will be way more expensive than people – they should expect it, but they won't. It'll be like $18 or $28 or something. Which because, is ridiculous. Because the every single Lightning accessory has a CPU in it. It needs a processor. It needs a processor right. because it's a to digital thing. It has right. yeah. Yeah. It it just that's the way it is. Like it a if something breaks on it, you can take it to the Apple Store and they will re- replace it with no charge, no questions asked. Like that has to have a cost associated with it. And b there's all this complicated electronics in the simplest adapter. Um, one thing they could do, which is the same thing that Apple did with their with the MacBook. I'm going to call it the MacBook One, but the 12 inch MacBook that's just called MacBook. It has a three and a half millimeter audio port and the lightning, uh, not lightning, sorry, USB-C port. That's all it has, but it still has that three and a half millimeter port. And if you want a USB port, you buy the adapter that has a USB-C port and, or sorry, I think it has two USB-C ports. But so basically the, the thing is you, by buying this adapter, you buy yourself one extra port. So what they could right. do is in, in this adapter, they could have a lightning Oh, okay. Lightning on one side and lightning right. and three and a half millimeter audio on the other. Right. If you wanted that. Right. But also a three and a half to lightning just without the additional lightning. They could, but yeah, either either one I think would be okay. And again, there's not a lot of instances where no. you're going to be listening to music and charging. No. But people will say that. People will be like, why can't I listen to music while I'm charging? Like, well, now you and can't. Sorry. Yeah. The answer will either be, well, you can't. If if it's too challenging to do that or too expensive or whatever, right. or it's going to be we have this thing and you can do it, or and it's going to cost you money, or they'll start going with wireless charging. Yeah. Uh, so until they can do it better than a company like Samsung can, where you have to set it down on the pad, or in IKEA has started integrating wireless yeah. charging pads into their their furniture, until they can do it better than that, until you can get sort of room wide or house wide probably room-wide more likely, charging, they're not going to do it. They're not saying wireless charging is bad, just like they're saying, they we're not saying a stylus is bad. If you see a stylus, we, we blew it. They were When you need to charge sure. the stylus, that's, when you need to charge the stylus, that's kind of its own silliness, but so a separate thing. I went to the Apple store at, on Thursday, Thursday, and tried the pencil, and it it's pretty cool. The, the charging thing, because of the short amount of time you need to actually charge it if you're trying to use it, I think it's fine. You can get many hours out of like 15 seconds of charging it. Is it literally many hours out of 15 seconds? It's it's like you can get a full day after like 15 or 30 seconds, yeah. Really? Is it that fast? Okay. It's that fast. Okay. And because it's such a tiny battery, it's very sure. efficient. But uh, the majority of the time, I would think if you're using it as an artist or as as a person who is using it as part of their job – you, but the majority of the time, you won't be using the iPad to charge it. That's just, that happens to be a thing. They br- they give you, or I don't know if they give you, or that you can use a lightning cable to charge it as well. They have an adapter. Like with a will, female? Female to female. Okay. Yeah, that will let you charge. Female to male? With a regular lightning cable. No, female to female. Because the, the lightning thing on the pencil is male. Right, so you have the female one and, and a male to plug into a female on the other Oh, There's no, no other, you need USB yeah. on the other end. No, you, you'd you use an existing lightning cable you have, and you'd oh, have a female okay, to female Oh, okay, gotcha, adapter. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. I'm on the same page. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so there's two cables involved here. Yes. Right. The cable you already have and this right. other adapter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was nice to use and it does seem it like it's not it really is a pencil. It's not a stylus. It's really long. Honestly, it's super long. It's it's as long as a full-size regular pencil okay. you'd see. And I've never seen a stylus that long before. Okay. Uh it it's nice to write with. I I was disappointed and I don't think I would ever really buy this iteration because people are talking about how it's it's amazing and it, for art it probably is it's there's a lot of reasons why it's very accurate and all of this and it has low lag time and all that but after owning in 2006 after owning a tablet that did had the stylus thing and I, w- I was writing on it in 10 years plus since since that computer was announced that computer came out in 2003 that i had i feel like we should have made more progress than this is like I was writing on a computer 13 years ago or from a computer from 13 years ago and it was not different enough to compel me to think it's been that long. Okay. This is their first try. And so it's it's great even compared to the Surface maybe for art, but it's not with with some experience and practice writing, it's not better enough to to be this whole new thing, this whole different better thing. Right. To me, but people are really excited about it. That being said, <laughs> anyways so, you have uh so you have where did we what? land on this he- headphone jack thing let, let, let's, I, let's do predictions okay i predict that the next phone oh man that's tough that's really tough i why don't you go first it seems like you have one okay. prepared i'm i'm i'll say yes they're gonna do it and gonna do which they're gonna remove it and they'll have a I don't think they'll do the adapter. I think they'll just say use Bluetooth and they'll have mm. and they'll have a Bluetooth Headphone. dongle type thing that you can plug Ooh, a headphone jack into. A Bluetooth dongle. Well not a not a dongle, an accessory that you can plug a headphone jack into mm-hmm. and link it with your phone. So what I think because or the, of Apple or they'll Me- sell or they'll sell lightning headphones. Just yeah. straight up lightning headphones. Those are, those will be the, their solutions. That's a that's a good that's a good point. Not something we didn't really talk about. Um I'm there's a couple different scenarios in it because it depends on what they do. So if they don't include a three and a half millimeter port, they will have to include some way for every person who buys that new phone to listen to music anyways, whether it be the adapter, whether it be a Bluetooth dongle, whether it be lightning headphones. If they're not going to do any of those things yet, I think the three and a half millimeter jack is going to stick around. So you you can't that you still didn't pick a side. I would like to think that lightning headphones seems pretty easy to do. So I'm gonna, I guess I'll put my stake on the ground on your side and say okay. that they will not do it. But I wouldn't be at all surprised if it stuck around. Okay. Okay. Good enough. Because that means if they do that, speaking as you know the way the way things have gone with. Apple products, that means for another two years after that, they have to keep doing it because they have the 7S or whatever. If they stick with that every two years, there's a new body. They have to stick with the headphone jack for another couple of years. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised we're seeing rumors this soon. Has it? I'm not. When is the next one? Next uh, be announced in September? Uh, next September? September, yeah. Yeah. They always talk about the the fall launch, whatever, but yeah, I think next you're going to start seeing leaks of the phone cases without the headphone jack <laughs> hole in it. And that's yes. going to be like, 
renderings yeah. of yeah not even renderings like well it'll start with renderings and then yeah. you start seeing the actual cases and be like look it doesn't have the headphone jack hole yeah. yeah i i don't know if i've seen yet the whole uh apple blogs are seeing ios 10 being tested internally at apple <laughs> <laughs> of course they are uh but yeah that uh i think it's very possible that they could get rid of the headphone jack but they they would have a replacement for listening to music ready to go yeah. Shipping with the phone. Shipping with the yeah. phone. Yeah. Or at or the very add-on. least, yeah, yeah. Very Apple reasonably priced, something like eighteen dollars, like like an extra lightning cable would cost you. Right. But I think it's much more likely that they would have a pair of lightning headphones because that seems trivial compared to any other adding a adding a separate thing. Right. Because in theory, if you're buying an iPhone and it comes with lightning. It comes with headphones that work with that phone. That's what you're going to use, yeah. So you wouldn't need a three and a half millimeter right. audio thing, and then you could buy that. Maybe they would have, <clears throat> they would have lightning headphones come with the phone, and then they, what they would have is the adapter that adapts lightning to three and a half millimeters, so you can mm-hmm. take your Apple headphones and use them with anything else. That's yeah. And then yeah. and then it would oh no it wouldn't work the other way because that'd be female lightning to male three and a half yeah. not the other way it wouldn't need to work the other way but yeah. they could in theory do that but I don't think they if they shipped lightning headphones they wouldn't have they wouldn't give other headphones right. the ability to adapt backwards right. yeah no I, I like that point that if you're buying the new phone and it comes with headphones you just use those headphones yeah but I guess if you have like two hundred dollar you know Sennheiser headphones you might want to use those yeah and so which, they would create the adapter. the adapter yeah yeah. They would create the adapter to make it easier to use other products with the iPhone, but they wouldn't make it easier to use an Apple accessory right. with other phones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sneaky. So we're on the same page now. I'm glad we. we I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and that being said, I think we're probably at the end of the the show. It's been yeah. almost an hour and a half now. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like we went on a lot of tangents, but good tangents. I like I it better. Yeah. Honestly, some some weeks and. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think we just like we hit the news really hard. I think this, we've struck a good balance recently of talking through everything, talking through a few things deeply as opposed to going shallow on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And letting ourselves go on tangents. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most important part. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything to say in the after show or, or we can just end it there? I think we're probably pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. In that case, thank you for listening to this week's future chat. Uh, we'll be back here next week with more science and tech talk and you can head to unwindmedia.com slash future chat to see past episodes of the show I'll put a bunch of links to all the stuff we talked about and uh, there's a lot more at unwindmedia.com see you next time